You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you on the weekend and for the Braves, a brand new month, but much more of the same that we have seen as of late. As they grabbed a 7-0 victory with some sudden offense against one of the best young pitchers in the game and beat the Miami Marlins for the second straight day and for the eighth time in nine tries this year. We got a lot to talk about on this edition of the postcast, and we'll get into it right after I remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Make sure you click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode, and make sure that you are subscribed to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us those reviews, those comments, leave a like, share it with a friend, all of those good things. And Jake, if you talk about sharing, the Braves were sharing the offensive load in the first inning, uh, but Erie Perez might have felt like he was left uh, maybe without a seat at the table. Uh, of all the ways I expected the game to go, that sudden first inning for the Braves, not altogether shocking. Who they did it against and how they did it, though, that was impressive. It certainly was. We talked about it yesterday. I was really looking forward to seeing Yuri Perez. Haven't got a chance to watch him a lot. Good young pitcher. Well, I didn't get to see him very long because the Braves uh, had a merry-go-round in the first inning there, batting around, putting up a big number early. But uh, just, you know, again, what the what this offense does in the first inning doesn't quite surprise you anymore, but still uh, pretty incredible what they were able to do to start this game. Yeah, and when you consider the pitcher, again, I mean, this is a 20-year-old kid that the Marlins elevated to the big leagues and through nine starts looked every bit the phenom. And this one bad start isn't going to take all the shine off this kid. Don't get me wrong. But what the Braves did to him was certainly surprising, not so much because the Braves are the offense that they are, but because of how good this kid had been at limiting runs. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Let's get inside the box score of game number 82 of the year. Marlins shut out on six hits. They left eight men on base in this one, dropped to 48 and 36 on the year. Still a very nice, impressive record for this Miami team. Braves, though, 55 and 27 now, 28 games over 500, mere percentage points behind the Tampa Bay Rays for best overall record in all of Major League Baseball are right there, neck and neck, the virtual tie. We'll call it that. Seven runs, nine hits, a couple of errors, and four men left on base for the Braves. Charlie Morton, the recipient of a six run first inning. He improves to eight and six as he tossed five and two thirds innings of scoreless baseball. Five and two now is Perez's record after getting chased after retiring just one batter in the first inning. Uh, two hours, 31 minutes time of game, 41,889 on a sultry day at Truist Park. It was an absolute scorcher out there, but those fans were able to enjoy the scorching hot Braves offense. Uh, we'll get to Charlie Morton in a moment, but let's go ahead and jump into, I think, what everybody paid to see if you were the 41,889 spectators. And that was the Braves to do what they've done so well throughout the month of June, throughout the entire 2023 season. First inning runs, Jake. There's just something to be said for coming out and setting the tone. We talk about it one through nine. Everybody's dangerous. But Ronald Acuna Jr., leadoff home run. Ozzy Albies follows him up. So back-to-back home runs, that had to have Perez back on his heels. Yeah, and you mentioned it, a 20-year-old 20, 20 who's, I don't want to say been breezing through his Major League debut, but he'd been really good. I mean, an ERA closer to one than two coming into this start, and then all of a sudden you face this Braves lineup with as dangerous as they are, and the guy throws a, a front-door slider inside to Acuna who pulls his hands in and absolutely smashes it out to left field at 417 feet. Right out of the gate, this kid is suddenly on his heels, and I mean, that's just what – Acuna does at the top of it, but it wasn't just him in this one. It continued going, and I think 
I think we have to stop for a second and give a lot of credit to Kevin Seitzer and give a lot of credit to this Braves lineup because you got to think they're doing a lot of homework in preparation for these starters. I just don't think it's coincidence that they come out of the gate hot like this. I think they have a good idea of what the starting pitcher is going to do, and they're ready for that right out of the gate. I mean, it's just it's too too much evidence now to say otherwise. So I think you got to give a lot of credit, like I said, to Seitzer and these players doing their homework, being ready to go right from the jump. And I mean, to jump out on a team like this, we talked about the Marlins coming in here, really wanting to make some noise, build on the momentum they had in the month of June and show the Braves that they're here. And the Braves just punched them in the mouth the first inning in both games. So it's just really loud from this Braves team. Like I said, to come out swinging like that, Marlins had an opportunity later in the game with bases loaded, but outside of that, I mean, this game was essentially over after the first inning, and that's got to be somewhat demoralizing for a young Marlins team who's trying to prove, hey, we belong. That's an interesting word, demoralizing, and I don't throw that one around very lightly throughout the course of a season because you do have so many opportunities. You know, the postseason's another thing. Like, you can feel demoralized by a couple of losses there, particularly in the way that they happen, but you don't really, I think, feel that way too many times over the course of a season unless you end up getting into a long losing streak. And then it seems to be about more of a, how you're losing and the quantity of the losses. But for the Marlins, I mean, they, like the praise, came in with a five-game winning streak into this series. They got blown out in the first one. They got blown out in the first inning of the second one. Obviously, the Braves' offense cooled off a little bit, only scored one run over its final seven opportunities in this game. But when you set a tone like that with six runs, in the very first inning against a pitcher with a 21-inning scoreless streak. That just goes to underscore how good the Braves have been. Looking at this for Perez, a six straight base hits to start the game before Eddie Rosario finally made an out. Back-to-back homers, two singles, two doubles. Before you get in the blink of an eye, it's five to nothing. And then you look at what Perez had done over his first nine starts. He had not allowed more than four runs in any start and more than five hits in any start. And the Braves had that six hitters into the game. It's pretty incredible to think about the, the consistency of this attack. And you mentioned, you know, it's not just, you know, going up there and having some talent and making it happen. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, and it's all coming together. So I would say that the Braves, whatever it is that they have tapped into here and how they attack these pitchers and, you know, what it is, is they're doing in the first inning that I could honestly sit here for the rest of the night and probably not be able to explain, it is certainly a key to success for this team. And look, it's not like these were little dinky hits. I mean, they were squaring these baseballs up. I mean, they were absolutely crushing a guy with really good stuff. I mean, you saw at 98, 99, you saw him touch 100, yeah. a really good slider. This guy has really good stuff. He's going to be a really good pitcher for a long time. But if you came in the zone, the Braves just jumped on it. I mean, they were absolutely squaring baseballs up against him in that first inning. So, again, it is a dangerous lineup, it, you know, as you said. Uh, there is a lot of talent there, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And you make a mistake against this team. We've said it all year long. You're going to pay. But you look right out of the gate, 107.9 mile per hour exit velocity, 96.4, 111.9. You also had 113.2 in that first inning as well from Sean Murphy. I mean, uh, this team is powerful. They're also highly talented. And again, even as good as Yuri Perez is and will be, uh, the way this team is going right now, they don't, they don't care who you are. They don't care how good you are. Uh, they feel like they can beat you with their best swing each and every at bat. Yeah, I asked Brian Snitker a few days ago after one of these games, maybe last homestand, I mean, this offense, you've had some talented ones in this run of division titles. I mean, how do you compare it or how do you size up what they're doing this year? And he said, you know, I just I don't have time to think about that right now. 
maybe ask me a couple of weeks into December. So I'll, I'll be sure to check in with him at the winter meetings or something, but you know, he knows and he realizes and he's getting this question every night now. It's like, how can you explain this first inning thing? And it's just, I don't know. I mean, this just, it obviously is great for us. We have the talent. This lineup is incredible. And that's just, they're going out there and they're getting the job done. And I really, uh, I'm sure that if you you know play long enough, maybe you see just about everything. Or if you're around the game long enough, you see just about everything. And, and for Brian Snicker, this is kind of a new one. Just say just how powerful, how sudden this Braves offense is. 87 first inning runs now for the Atlanta Braves. Next closest in baseball, 66 by the Los Angeles Dodgers. That was coming into the action on Saturday. They may have done some things that I wasn't watching while I was busy trying to run stats on the 2023 Braves offense. They scored 71 first inning runs in 162 games last year, Jake, or in the full course of the regular season. Pretty incredible to see just how sudden this Braves offense is. And I was kind of wondering, all right, so the Braves score a whole bunch of first inning runs. Another little trend we've seen in this head-to-head series is the Braves scoring a bunch of runs and the Miami Marlins having a little bit of trouble with that. If you look at what has happened uh, thus far head-to-head in the nine games between these two teams, 73-26, to the Braves have outscored the Marlins. That's how a team that's 12 games over, like the Marlins, having a winning season, can have a negative 19-run differential. Yeah, it's just, I mean, again, it's every night we're seeing the the stats that are coming up uh, with what the Braves are doing. It's just, uh, again, I don't know what else to say about it. I know uh, Sarah Lang, she always has good stats over there on Twitter. You want to give her a follow if oh, yeah. you're not getting rate limited at the moment. Uh, you know, she's always giving out good stuff. Most first inning home runs before August, the 2019 Reds had 31. The Braves are already at 29 and we're in July. I mean, it's just Again, I don't know what else to say, but it's just it is remarkable. Every game now, you're seeing these these tweets, these stats of things that just haven't been done before, mm-hmm. and that's just what this offense is doing. It's a historic type offense, top to bottom. It's what we thought it could be. You know, back at the beginning of the year, we're like, well, this guy's not going right now, but he is. What if all these guys are going at the same time? And that's what we're seeing. And you know, maybe it's sure it's not going to always be like this with everybody as hot right now but uh, again you can see when this offense is clicking and everybody's playing like they're capable just how dangerous they can be yeah you remember that heater that austin riley went on last year for about five or six weeks this feels like the whole club's (laughs) offense you know it looked like somebody was joking if you look at the braves in the month of june and the slash lines and the home runs and all the different things and the averages of, of everything for the whole offense put together you might be looking at the National League Player of the Month, but it's the whole team, which is insane to look at. Yuri Perez with just the one out that he recorded took his ERA from a sparkling 131 up to a not-so-bad 247, but he had a very short day worth of work. Charlie Morton, meanwhile, five and two-thirds inning, shutout ball, four hits, one walk. Pitch count kind of got up on him, five punch-outs, but I thought Charlie was doing a really nice job of kind of mixing things up. It always helps to get the, a whole bunch of runs in the first. Sometimes you worry. Maybe the starter has to sit around too long before he comes out in the second, but uh, this looked like one of the better Charlie Morton performances and one that you certainly wanted to see after a couple that probably hadn't been as crisp as he wanted them to be. I'll take five and two-thirds from Charlie. I mean, he he had to work a little bit, as you mentioned, the pitch count kind of getting up there, but getting that early lead, like you said, the last thing you want to do is come right back out and give the other team hope. He didn't. He had those shutdown innings and was able to work deep into the game on a, a really hot day. I think 
that's also probably contributing to Yuri Perez getting pulled a little early. You got a young kid over 30 pitches in the first inning on a really hot day, get him out of there. But for Charlie Morton to be able to battle through all that, you know, I thought the curveball location was really good at times. I uh, got some really good strikeouts looking with it and had some, you know, really great movement on it as it always does. So yeah, really good, uh, good start for Charlie Morton. Maybe not the most dominant, just 11 whiffs for him, which is, you know, not a ton for, for Charlie Morton as dominant as he typically can be. But again, you get that big lead early. You just want to start it to give you some length, put up some zeros, not get the other team hope. And that's exactly what he was able to do. That he was. Three and a third innings out of the Braves' bullpen. Kirby Yates able to wriggle out of a jam with the bases loaded. Might have gotten some help from the home plate umpire, but that doesn't happen. It doesn't feel like too often for the Braves over the course of the year, at least not in key spots. You'll take what you can get and move on to the next inning. The Braves did. Nick Anderson, uh, Ben Heller, and Joe Jimenez were able to shut the door with the final three innings to help the Braves shut out the Marlins by a 7 nothing score. Offensively speaking, Ron Lacuna Jr., that home run is 21st of the season. That's got him on pace for 42 home runs, along with 73 stolen bases through 82 games. That's bonkers. We'll keep talking about it all summer long, but that's where he is on his pace. Uh, and then, of course, 30th career leadoff home run for the 25-year-old superstar right fielder of the Atlanta Braves. Ozzie Albies followed with his 19th home run of the year, and that got the Braves two quick runs and really lit the fuse for a six-run first inning. Also in this game, Matt Olson, two for four, drove in his 68th run. That's most in the National League and right up there amongst the league leaders in baseball with Shohei Otani. And you had Austin Riley, two for four, a couple of runs scored. Marcelo Zuna with a base hit and a couple of runs batted in. It really wasn't just the leadoff home runs. This lineup just kept on kept keeping on, and that I think we've seen throughout the course of the season quite a bit. And again, the Braves with their victory now, 28 games over 500 as they open up an eight-game lead over the Marlins in the National League East. And it has been quite a ride through the month of June. And now as we move into July, perhaps more of the same is ahead for this Braves club because they are on some kind of roll. We're going to talk about Sunday's finale in just a moment. Before we do, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors as this edition of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of your event with exclusive flash deals on tickets for baseball, football, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Uh, also, the Game Time Guarantee, that means that you will always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same row and section for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag those tickets without the stress with Game Time. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, create that account, Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms apply. And again, create that account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's look ahead to Sunday. It's going to be Spencer Strider Day. And one of the, I feel like, at least on paper, uh, coming into the year anyway, juiciest pitching matchups that you could conjure up. Spencer Strider's been able to kind of figure things out. A couple of good starts coming in. He's 9-2, and 3-7-3 ERA, Major League Strikeout Leader. Sandy Alcantara, the reigning Cy Young Award winner in the National League, he's 3-6 and six with a 482. Jake, he has not looked like himself, but Sandy Alcantara has typically been pretty good against the Braves, though they did see him a little bit earlier this year and rough him up just a bit. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they had maybe one of their best outings against him earlier this year, but it's been a rough season for him. I don't, you know, just somewhat surprisingly, I, still when you face him, it's Sandy Alcantara to me. It's a high young winner. I think you got to be ready and prepared for that. But really looking forward mostly for me to see Spencer Strider, who looks like he's really 
started to put things back together here and look more like himself. He had his best start of the year when he faced the Marlins earlier this season, eight shutout innings. So uh, really looking forward to see what Spencer Strider can do. Hopefully continue to build on what he's done his last couple of outings. And you want to talk about demoralizing. You want to sweep the Marlins in this series, really send a message to them and the rest of the NL East. Uh, Braves have a chance to do that on Sunday. Yeah, and the Marlins are going to be looking for anything that they can get to take out of town. Not being swept would certainly be, I won't say a big win for them, but at least a moral victory, if nothing else, because this head-to-head battle has not been much of a battle. Eight, it's eight and one the Braves are against the Marlins. Sandy Alcantara going to try to be the stopper for his team. And then keep in mind, once they're done with this one, there's only one more series between these two clubs as far as head-to-head goes because there aren't as many this year based on the schedule changes for Major League Baseball. So every one of these games, huge in the standings, huge for the Marlins because they're not going to get more head-to-head battles later in the season with the Braves. There'll be just three left once they get through Sunday. Spencer Strider, Sandy Alcantara, your pitching matchup, 1.35 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch at Truist Park. Thanks again for joining us here on the Braves Postcast. We always appreciate all the likes, all the reviews, all the shares, all the comments, all those good things. Just make sure you're subscribed. Go ahead, hit that button and hit the bell to get alerted every time we drop a new episode. And make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back with you again to wrap up this series as the Braves are wrapping up the first half of baseball and heading towards the All-Star break. A lot of good things going on for this Atlanta Braves club. And again, a 7 nothing win over the Marlins, a series victory going for the sweep on Sunday after their win on Saturday. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you again on Sunday. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 